WTBRFM, Pittsfield. Welcome to Ham on WTBR, the all-inclusive ham radio show for hams and non-hams alike. Be part of the show. Contact us on www.facebook.com slash hamjamtv. And now the hosts of the show, Peter and Jessica. Ham on. From the mighty WTBR studios in Pittsfield and all of Berkshire County. It's Wednesday. You know what time it is. Time for EW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. Well, you're, you're never going to get this right. I'm Wrestling. sorry. Time for Ham right. On. Woo-hoo. It's time for Ham On. We finally, 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 we made it out of January. Yay! It's Wednesday, February 2nd. Yeah, we didn't finally. Get, we didn't get the groundhogs thing. I didn't, didn't check, but I'll, I'll well, figure it out Are we a little early for the groundhog? Yeah. Uh, no. No, we didn't. Being a today is being a today is great. I didn't today. watch the news, oh. so I don't really know well, what. We'll let you know next week what today Phil. is. Ground, yes, today is. We'll let you know what next week what Phil says. Yeah, but it's going to be warmer, folks. So we're we have a guest and it's not Melanie this time. No, nah. no. We're about the only country in the world that goes ahead and worries about our meteorology depicted by a rodent. Okay. We Think about a, this. We have a guest. He hasn't been on in a while. Yes. And we're very jealous because he's <laughs> calling us from mid-central Florida. Well, I can't be too jealous. <laughs> where it's 19 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> on the show with us, we'll get him in here early because we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my buddy, my partner, who I finally got to meet face-to-face over at the... Uh, Traffic Ooh. Handler's Picnic last summer in Concord. Um, in Concord. James, N1PZP, welcome back to the mighty ham on on WTBR-FM. Peter, my brother, how are you, my friend? This is a, a true honor, a true honor indeed. And uh, yes, Jessica <laughs> Jessica nailed it when because there's a, there was a post on Facebook that says, if you are relying on a rodent for your for your weather information, you have bigger problems than uh, than what's going on on Groundhog Day. <laughs> so, yeah, she Jessica nailed it. Nice to hear you again, and uh, great to hear Darlene. So I, I, I gotta uh, rag you before we actually start the thank show. You, thank you. You okay. go to Florida six months out of the year to get away from the New England winter. <laughs> It's 19, you texted me over the weekend and said it was 19 degrees where you are. <laughs> it was uh, quite cold, yes. We, um, when we first got here in December, it was 80s every day for about seven or eight straight days. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, and, so, and, and someone told us, they said, you know, this is uh, unusually warm. And, and uh, they said, that uh, don't be surprised if we pay for this a little like further down <laughs> and it didn't take long um and so it's been a little uh we had about three four days four days where it didn't get out of the 50s during the daytime and so we uh we oh, got wow. talking about winter field day and usually i spend winter field <laughs> day in a tent 
Well, 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 we'll, we'll, and, get, we'll uh, get to that in a minute. You're, don't don't jump ahead of us here. We'll get, <laughs> okay. we'll get to that in a minute. You haven't been on in a while, so for those that can't remember who you were or can't go back far enough in my podcast to find you, why don't you uh, tell us who you are and what you do and where you've been and how much trouble you get into and how much <laughs> trouble you get me into and all that good stuff. Make sure it's rated G. Make sure it's rated G. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I'm, I think I'm very lucky. I think I might be the only... Fifth or sixth time guest, so I want to I want to start off by saying thank you to, to, for that. And I'll tell you, you guys are you guys get the award for persistence and determination because you guys have taken something and have uh, have kept it going way longer than what I think most people would do. So <laughs> way longer um, than I thought we I would am, do. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there's a lot to talk about, and you guys have proven that. So I am N1PZP. I've been licensed for almost thirty years. Uh, I am just a, a dumb tech, though. Uh, I had every intention of of uh, going. In fact, when I was eight years old, I knew the Morse code, like inside out, upside down, backwards and forwards. And like a dummy, I didn't go get tested for it because I wanted to pass both the written and the code at the same time. Of course, at eight years old, I couldn't pass the, the written test. And then I told my uncle to take his old man dumb hobby and shove it where the sun didn't shine because I wanted to go do 12-year-old kid things. And then uh, by the time six years of Chase high school girls. and grade, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> grade school went by. Hello, at Sarah. age 18, I went in and uh, and passed my written test in about a minute, maybe two, three minutes tops. Got every question right. And all the old men that were my VEs looked at me and said, how did you do this? And I said, I've been in school for, you know, 12 years taking tests and, and it was easy. And of course, by then... Morse code had become a foreign language that I failed miserably at. So, anyways, I ran, I ran out and bought a uh, HF radio at a ham fest, thinking that that would be the all the in, you know I need to get the become a general. And then, of course, I got married and had kids and worked sixty, seventy hours a week. And ham radio got pushed farther and farther back. And then I tried to test again and couldn't do it. And now with my disabilities, I'm lucky if I can remember my own name sometimes. So trying to test to become a general now is almost impossible. But uh, being disabled, ham radio is my full-time job. Uh, it's my every day, all day, uh, whether it's uh, chasing down weather information or uh, passing radiograms or just idle chit-chat on the uh, DMR, um, D-Star networks or whatever. Um, or curating my, my amateur radio museum. I'm involved in it uh, one way or the other every day, all day. So uh, ham radio, I, you always come back to what you started with. Uh, along the way, I I got into other things and, and everything and and always, you know, knew that I that ham radio was there, but I wasn't, it wasn't the most important thing. And now it's funny how the the uh, horse circles the wagon, and ham radio is my 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 twenty four seven passion. So, so your next your next thing to move up is kind of do what I did and get your own radio show, right? <laughs> We've talked about it, me and you, before, and and uh, I get every intention of like saying, you know, I could do this, and then uh, I'm good at starting things, and then and then forgetting to come back to them. <laughs> so. So, no, yeah, I, I live vicariously through you on that one. We, we don't talk about her much, but I met Sarah also, which is James's wife up at the uh, 
thing up at Concord. How does Sarah take with all this? And hi, Sarah, if you're listening. Hi. She's always listening. Um, I would be lost without her. She's my. Uh, she is my. She is my other constant in my life. That's for sure. Uh, and the great thing about her is, even though she's not licensed, she probably knows more about ham radio than some people that are. <laughs> she can. Uh, she can rattle off call signs and names. She can rattle off frequencies and and uh, what time nets start and everything. So Maybe I should get her on the show. Is, <laughs> we should. Yes. <laughs> yeah, her. her and, I gotta uh, talk Susie. to you later. Maybe I can get her on as a guest. <laughs> her, her and Susie would probably make a great like YL uh, kind of thing. But yeah, she can write radiograms. Yeah, so Susie's um, not here anymore. Yeah, how is she? By the way, real quick. Uh, she she, she's she's busy working. She's got stuff going down at the uh, the, the the Great Barrington Station. Yeah. So she uh, she kind of she kind of has to do that. So Darlene offered to. Take her spot and, and and be the one that keeps us all in balance here. <laughs> <laughs> you had your hand up. What? Behind every man, there is a good woman. And remember that. Gentleman. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, no, Sarah is Sarah's right there, and uh, and, and knows. Like I said, she knows probably almost as much. And she volunteers at 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 Hamfest. You know how how many other wives even go. Not only does she go, she volunteers at the ham fest. So uh, yeah, she's she's definitely a keeper. Yeah, I know. I, I know at the picnic that Darlene and Sarah had uh, a few chats while we were busy messing around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun day. I can't wait to the. I can't wait to the next one. Mar- Marsha's pic- picnic is one of the highlights of the year, actually. So. Yes, it is very much so. It was a very wonderful day, and um, I actually enjoyed the drive there. You, you know, even you know Bruce took us, N1YCW. Uh, he took us, and I absolutely enjoyed. I don't know what it is. I'm kind of the weird person. I actually got in 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 a car, and I was comfortable, and I actually had a great time. I think it was near one of the stops. That we've noticed. Springfield. It was, was it? It was Springfield. When we went through Springfield, I don't know if it was a car in front of us or a car behind us, but we opened up the windows to get a little air into the car and. We were full of herbal refreshment. Yeah. We had a huge lot of herbal refreshment. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to the topic at hand Winter, winter Field Day. Yeah, which is kind of an oxymoron if you live somewhere <laughs> like Florida. <laughs> we know how Winterfield Day sets up here. People in nice, hot, warm cabins, or in you know their houses with the heat on. But how do you do a winter field day when usually it's eighty degrees in mid central Florida? I know I lived in Fort Lauderdale for like <laughs> a year. So I, I know what the temperatures are down in Florida. Yeah, the crazy with, the cra- with the crabs tapping with on the, the glass. Crab, with the crab migration <laughs> crawling over A1A. <laughs> yes. How does so? Take us through how Winter Field Day in the Southeast United States differs from Winter Field Day in the Northeast United States. Roger that. Well, we're we're very lucky. We have a our our club. I'm a part of two clubs down here, and I go back and forth 
with each club for winter field day. Uh, so I was supposed to be with the other club this year, but one of the uh, my my first ham radio friend in Florida uh, has passed away. So I operated winter field day with his club this year, and I'll tell you, it was just it really tugged at the uh, emotional strings. Um, I don't think I've ever told a non-relative man that that I loved him, and um, I got the opportunity to, to tell him before he died. Uh, he was we, we were very close. We were both traffic handlers, so we talked like every day. But anyways, how we do Winter Field Day down here is we have a great relationship with the uh, with the uh, with the county and the whole uh, emergency management part of the county. So they let us use the uh, the county emergency trailer. And we put two operators inside there, and then we put one operator inside a, uh, like, motorcycle uh, trailer type thing. And um, we, we go out the, the, the Friday before winter field day, and we uh, set up our, uh, our loop antenna, which was designed by, uh, by the, the guy who passed on. He was a legend in, in, in antennas. Oh, my God, he could make a, an antenna out of a tin can. Uh, so we, we, we used his idea for the antenna, and uh, we take turns operating. And um, So even though you, you're officially outdoors, we're inside of a, a um, you know, you, you command trailer and a little, like, uh, motorcycle, snowmobile trailer type thing. Um, I, I, I sleep outside in my tent overnight, uh, which... Thank God I did not have to do this year. My dad was nice enough to let me use his van. So I did sleep inside a car, which was not much warmer than, than the tent, but uh, I was able to at least turn the car on every once in a while and, and run the heat and all that kind of stuff. So we do use uh, generator power the whole time with the uh, command, you know, with, with the two trailers and everything. So we are that that's how we get the, the uh, outside designation because we're using... Uh, emergency power or whatever, but we're not actually sitting outside, you know, at a table. <laughs> we we do have uh, protection from the elements. So, but but it, 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 you know, seeing that you're down in down in Florida, isn't there like some clubs that on on a normal winter in Florida, not when it's 19 degrees outside, <laughs> but when it, when a when a normal winter in Florida. Don't some clubs run their winter field day the same way they run their summer field day? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So. Yeah, they make it a they make it a huge thing for the public because they'll they'll pick a uh, they'll pick like one of the one of the public parks or whatever and and they'll have uh, multiple tables and have like a go to station and they'll do it right outside right you know under a like a canopy shelter. or or something. So yeah, they 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 do it a lot to opener when when the weather is better. So how, how did the nor'easter? <laughs> <laughs> I love this thing. How did the nor'easter, if anything, impact your field day this year? Other than having 19 degrees in Florida. Well, last year at winter field day, I was in a pair of shorts and a, a t-shirt. And every once in a while, I, I had a gallon of water that I would pour over myself because I was I was hot. And and they always pick on me. They say we can definitely tell that you're not a year-round resident <laughs> because of of the a I'm the I'm the youngest member of the club, 
by far. And B, uh, I do little things that, you know, clearly they wouldn't do. Like the other, the other night I checked into the net about two weeks ago. We have, we have uh, two nets a week, so about two or three weeks ago I checked into the net, and uh, it's a reg two net, you know, and so it's like, you know, what have you done since last week? And I made the comment that I went swimming in the ocean. <laughs> and one of the club members says, boy, we, we clearly know that you're not one of us all year round. So. <laughs> but yeah, last year I was in shorts and a, and a tank and a, and a t-shirt pouring water over my head. And actually this year I showed up in long pants and a sweatshirt. And, uh, and they said, how do we know it's cold when James is wearing a sweatshirt? So <laughs> they, they've, they've adopted me quite nicely, which is, which is very nice. But. You, sh you should have been up here. You would have needed more than a sweatshirt. Sweatshirt, parkas, <laughs> snow dogs, snow and a, sled. And a shovel, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the, we're going to get to the weather part because <laughs> I got a whole bunch of emails over the weekend from all the weather nets that were taking place. While some people <laughs> were enjoying <laughs> field day. In southern Florida, who shall remain a nameless. <laughs> now he's silent. He's not going to talk to me. <laughs> we made almost nine. We made over nine hundred contacts. That's a, a great time. Yeah, that's, nice. a, that's what I was getting to. So, does how can I, how can I do this? I know you've done summer field day. Does winter field day... Is there any differences between winter field day and summer field day? The I guess the major difference is that winter field day is not sponsored by the ARRL. They're, you know, they don't obviously say anything bad about it, but it doesn't, it doesn't originate as an ARRL-sponsored event. It was... I guess the winter field day was started by five guys who just enjoy having a reason to operate... And they have a, a pretty neat website, so there's there's um, less rules and less uh, you know things to to, to follow with, with Winter Field Day. But they have some, and you, you can't get as many bonus points like with uh, the Summer Field Day. You know, if you have a a representative or a mayor or someone from the fire department, you get a hundred points, and if you have a radiogram. You get this and a, and, a, and a that and a this and a this and a that and by the time you know by the time it gets down to it it gets as far down as you know if you're offering coffee to complete strangers you know you get bonus points whatever so they don't have all oh, that wow. this is more of a this is more of just a straight up operating uh, where the focus is on the actual operating more than the bonus points so um, I think so that's that's one of that that's the clear difference. So that being said, you know, a summer field day, you upload your logs up to the ARRL, and they publish stuff in QST. Um, with winter field day, where do you send your logs if you send your logs to any place? And what is the perks from, you know, getting the most contacts during winter field day? Um, there's a spot on the website for the winter field day where to send your logs to. And then they publish them right on their um, Winter Field Day website. Um, what was the What was the other? I missed the other part of the you, question. Well, I mean, you know, are there any you know any kudos or perks for the stations that bring in the most 
contacts. I think the ARRL sends out like a certificate or something if you got like 900 million contacts and you're the only <laughs> one that did that. Do you get any like yeah, certificates or anything? I think they do certificates. Yeah, I think so. All right. We, are, we have James and one PZP who, yes, we do. who everybody in the Northeast here in New England is very jealous because he's sitting in Florida <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> are you on the beach right now, or are you home? <laughs> no, in in the shack. He's in the shack. So we'll be back with James. We're going to talk more about Winter Field Day. We have some local news coming up after the break. And then we're going to talk about a couple more projects that James is dipping into. He's got Ooh, more projects nice. on the board than I do. So <laughs> you're listening to him on WTBR. We will be right back. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> This is this is Hermon on WTBR. Yeah, keep talking, I'm not ready. <laughs> As Dad is messing around with a cardboard. Uh, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not Our ready. And Peter and Jessica all say hello. And Peter was wondering if you wanted to do a uh, a, a small segment about being a female, being married to a ham. No. <laughs> no, you're still on the air, James. <laughs> Oh, okay. Hang on. That, that was good. You talk to Sarah or we go to the break. We'll be right back. In 10, 9, 8. 8. Oh, wait a minute. 8. What, again? 8. Dude, what the fuck? Who is this guy? 3, 2, 1. WTBR. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. When Taconic High School was demolished, we could have lost this radio station. Instead, PCTV stepped in, built a new studio and transmitter, and gave the station new life. And now it's time to pay that back. Support this station today. Go to WTBRFM.com and click the donate button. You won't be sorry. Pittsfield Community Radio thanks you for your support. Join Peter and Jessica to relive the magic of Beatlemania every Tuesday from 4 to 6 p.m. for five decades to Fab Four, where together on their own has changed the world of music. Tune in to Pittsfield Community Radio, 89.7 FM, Tuesdays, 4 to 6 p.m. This is Joe Walsh. One thing I do when I'm not playing rock and roll is get on the air as an amateur radio operator. Also called ham radio is a communication service provided by ordinary people just like you and me. We have a national emergency communication system in place 24-7, 365. Find out more about amateur radio at ARRL.org slash what is ham radio. See you on the air. America's Quiet Warriors are the legion of ham radio operators, 700,000 of them, who are always ready for backup duty in emergencies. Amateur, unpaid, uncelebrated civilian radio operators during and after floods and fires and tornadoes, after the 911 attacks, hams were indispensable in reuniting families. Most recently it was they who expedited the search for debris after the disaster to the Space Shuttle Columbia. And right now, at this moment, they are involved in homeland security to a greater degree than you would want me to make public. All right, we are back. 
right, so, we are so, back. So, so, so what did Sarah say? Well, you know how she has such a bad voice. So uh, yeah, well, so do I, but I'm probably... on the, so do I, but I'm on the air. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, so, so give us some thought, and we'll get back to you. We'll but her to voice you. is really bad, you All know, right. with, uh, with 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 stuff. So we'll see what happens. We got a couple of local, we got some local news to do, and then we'll be back to you. So you can catch up on the local news that's going on up here. <laughs> WTBR News. What? Now that's an intro. All eyes are on you. Oh, thank you. It's all you. Oh, all I you. know. Don't you know it? All you. This one is a little bit close to my heart, kind of, kind of. No pressure, really Oh, I know. Always no, no pressure. pressure. <laughs> Ber- <laughs> Berkshire County man's effort to rescue cats that were abandoned. Many cats that were dumped into the cold Berkshire County <clears throat> uh, Friday have now been rescued. People at the Berkshire Humane Society say there are still trying to find more cats that were abandoned. They were able to rescue the cats thanks to the help of one man. Joshua Christman was uh, driving Friday near Richmond Pond in Berkshire County when he saw at least 10 cats sitting in the middle of the road. Christman knew he had to uh, help. He filmed the encounter and called multiple people to the rescue of the cats. Uh, Kristen says one uh, one even jumped under the wheel while <clears throat> well of his uh, car trying to get warm. Christian called police and animal control. He even went on Friday uh, on fe- sorry Facebook live asking people in the community to see if they could take some of the cats. Christian has six rescue cats of his own, so he wasn't able to take any uh, any cats himself. About 20 people came out in the Berkshire Humane <coughs> Humane uh, Berkshire uh, Berkshire Animal uh, Dreams Bluebird Farms and others came out to help. Christian is still in shock that someone would abandon the cats in the cold weather. Um, it could get over the fact that someone had dumped right, <clears throat> jumped them right before a storm. So uh, they're doing well. This is seven of the cats are staying at the Berkshire Humane Society. They are still trying to locate the three other cats. And... Uh, they have traps and food set up, so hopefully they'll be able to locate them if they've survived the cold weather or not been eaten by coyotes. And then your next story. So that's their main problem. That was their main. This hopefully one, they'll be this, able to find this them. one's pretty interesting. Darlene, I have a quick uh, a quick thing about cats. Uh-huh. He's got a quick thing about I have, cats. I have a quick thing about cats. Real, no, they don't taste. They, they don't taste good in egg rolls. You're horrible. No, 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 no. The ARRL this year has chosen cats as the topic of their calendar, and twelve months. You know, the 
most calendars, it's a 12-month calendar, every month they're going to feature a cat inside an amateur radio shack. You know how they crawl all over the keyboards or yes. all <laughs> and play with microphones and everything. So that is uh, the uh, AWRL's uh, feature this year is cats in the studio. So, Aw, cute. Good, good, good story. Oh, the little ham shack cats. Oh, yeah, or like ours, it just it crawls all over my uh, my studio that I do the Beatles forever can you, in. Can, can I do what? A, can you get him on there? How can I get him on there? I don't, you guys, the you cart. guys got the cameras pointed at you. He's on the cart. Jessica has a picture of him. He's on the cart. You can't miss it. it is, see if I can zoom in. Her, her, her camera's in there. There he is. Pull it by your shirt. There you go. That's Theo. For the PCTV people, we got the the cat. Our cat Theo is on top of the uh, our cart board at home His that we do that we do the Beatles yeah, Forever show exactly. on. Exactly. So right, do yes, we, do, your, does, do your other story. We, he does the ham on got, thing and lot, sits right there and listens and sits We got a lot to talk there. about yet. Oh yeah, no doubt. But uh, otherwise, we have this one here and. Uh, Victim, the victims of the of a 2019 New Hampshire motor cycle crash. No, this one's for you. Sues the R, sues RMV. As a Massachusetts man, several injuries in the 2019 crash in uh, oh, New yeah. Hampshire that killed seven members of a motorcycle group from Motorcycle Club, uh, has filed a lawsuit against Massachusetts um, uh, Register of Motor Vehicles for allegedly failing failing to surrender the driver's license of the man charged in connections with the crash. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh... Let's see, uh, Massachusetts man, uh, several injuries in the, in the crash that killed the members of his, of his club. And uh, let's see, okay. Joshua Morin of Dalton, allegedly in the lawsuit filed last week in the Berkshire County uh, Superior Court that the Agency acted uh, willfully, wantonly, and recklessly when it failed to process thousands of license suspensions and revocations reported from out-of-state, Berkshire Eagle reported. The failure allowed Vladimir Zawalski, I have no idea, I'm sound to get out as much as I can. Who was licensed who was licensed and ha- licensed has been suspended in Connecticut after operating under the influence charge and can and was continuing to drive. Uh, Connecticut sent out a notice of Mr. Swalski's license suspension to Massachusetts but the notice was not processed because of a defect in the regist- registry's computer system, and the suit says a spokesman for 
The Massachusetts Department of Transportation, which oversees the registry, declined a comment on the lawsuit. Yeah, because you guys dropped the ball. Uh, the man who is a Marine Corps veteran is still recovering from the June 19 crash in Randolph, Randolph, New Hampshire, and will soon have his 25th surgery. Oh, God bless him. Uh, physically, I'm still beat up. My leg doesn't work like a normal leg should, and emotionally, it's a roller coaster depending on what day it is, and depends on how how I feel. He tells Eagle, the victims were a member of the Jarheads Motor Club, made up of Marine veterans and their spouses. Oh, poor man. No, he wasn't. Right, what, what else you got? Uh, the last parts for today. Actually, people are going to like this. Uh, <coughs> we have uh, for today, we're going to be at 44 degrees and for evening, 33. So, yeah, we're almost at that heat wave. This is my island right. in the sun. So that, that, that wraps up the news, right? Yeah. Yep. We've just got some temperatures like. For, for tomorrow, we've got 37, and for Friday in the 30s, but I really... I mean, you news director, not meteorologist. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's hey. kind, of, kind of interesting when we've got some weather getting a little bit okay, warm. Okay, so, so to be fair... Mother yeah. Nature's yeah. playing Powerball to, again. To be fair... Mother Nature's and playing put Powerball. James on the spot, Ooh, and probably tick people off to the point where he can't come back to New Hampshire in the spring... What's the weather going to be down in Florida for the next few days? It's actually uh, in the 70s today, and uh, tomorrow's supposed to be in the 80s. So guess where we're going tomorrow? <laughs> uh, I'll let you guys guess on that one. Uh, our home away from home, of course. And uh, it's supposed to be uh, quite quite nice for the next, uh, the next few days. So um, our field day thaw has will become just a distant memory here pretty soon, hopefully. You know, Can after you that box? weather report, they're not going to let you back into New Hampshire. <laughs> Can you box so, up that so warmth and send outside, it up here? Yeah, really. Outside of field day, any ham fest that you've been to or going to or coming up? or Give us give us the lowdown what's going down in Florida. I want the oranges. Mm. Well, they're, they're uh, unfortunately not very easy to find anymore. Uh, it took the everybody thinks of Florida as the orange place, but not 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 anymore. They they had a huge uh, frost that really did in the uh, orange growing, and uh, in fact, they just had a story uh, on CNN here a couple weeks ago about how uh, Florida is nowhere even close to what it used to be. It's, it's sad. Whole whole uh, whole farms just just wiped right out. 
But yeah, Hamfest, absolutely. Um, we've been to three already since we've been here. Um, have found some great additions to uh, to the library and the museum, of course, which is nice. Uh, become a huge passion of mine. Uh, we can touch on that a little bit later, though. And we got three more Hamfests uh, coming up in the near future. Of course, Orlando, which is the uh, second largest in the country is actually going to be four days this year instead of three because it's the uh, 75th ARRL National Convention. So many of the uh, ARRL elites will actually make their way down. It's uh, February 10th, which they're calling ARRL Training Tracks Day. Uh, there's going to have, It's going to be an all-day uh, event uh, focusing on uh, emergency <coughs> communications and, and that kind of stuff. And then the actual ham fest begins the 11th, 12th, and 13th, uh, we've got our we've got our uh, uh, our Airbnb all reserved and paid for, and we got our volunteer assignments all uh, all scheduled and ready to go. And um, like I said, it's the second largest. And then here's some great news: Dayton is actually uh, scheduled, and it's actually really too late now. If they, if they wanted to cancel now. It would, it's actually almost too late because if they canceled now, they'd probably never have one again. Um, the amount of money that they've lost over the last couple of years by not having one is uh, is just huge. So as of right now, and like I said, if they were to cancel now uh, or pass today, that would probably be the end of it for good. So I think all all systems look like it's gonna to go for for Dayton. Uh, we've never been. We've got it obviously on our list of things to do. But then after the uh, Orlando Ham Fest is the uh, Brooksville one, which is uh, very small, probably about the same size as the Pittsfield one. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, one of my favorite ones is uh, is Near Fest, which is right in my backyard um, in New Hampshire. And uh, I, I hang out at the ARRL table all weekend long. <laughs> I, I just realized something 40 minutes into the show. You did your bio, and you forgot to mention the two most important things. Okay. Mm-hmm. James is NCS for Psych for what well, we used to be Cycle mm-hmm. too for the Western Mass Traffic yeah, Net a couple of days a week. It's yes. probably going to be more days a week since my power supply just croaked this oh, morning. Oh no, not again! Oh, it's it's mm-hmm. done now. It's, it's toasted. It, it, it's toast now. It's going between 13.1 and 8.1 uh, volts. Something is really wrong with my power supplies. Which uh, means I'm off the air for a while. Anyway, oh, he's uh, I, I, whatever. Um, NCS for Western Mass Traffic Net and NCS for the Heavy Hitters Traffic Net at Our, 10 p.m. Yes. A couple days a week. Yes. You had a question. Uh, yeah, question I have is, James, what is the most important piece you have right now in your museum, and why is it the most important piece? Oh, great question. Uh, great question indeed. I have uh, my oldest QST magazine is a 1926 um, that I got for free, actually. Hard oh, to believe nice. I, I found a box of QST magazines. Uh, next to a dumpster, and um, you would you would have thought in that box there would have been you know nineties or two thousands or whatever. Uh, almost the entire box was issues from the thirties and the forties, 
And wow. way at the bottom of the box was an issue from 1926, which I just could not wrap my head around um, why somebody would throw that away. Um, another cool book in my museum is a, uh, there was a gentleman who was born in the late 1800s. His name was A. Cedric Collins, and he was one of the uh, premier uh, electronic gurus of the early 1900s. Um, he started writing uh, books about amateur radio well before there was an ARRL and, and, and uh, Mr. Maxim came on the scene. And uh, unfortunately, he got arrested for something that he didn't do. Served oh, a couple wow. years in jail. And when he got out, he went on a rampage and a warpath. And everybody that knew him, including his wife, uh, disassociated themselves with him, including his wife. He went on to be quite the uh, loner and everything. So oh, to wow. save graces, he started writing kids' books. Uh, what What good way for a man to kind of get back in with with worldly graces i guess was to write kids books mm. and then of course he, he picked up writing his ham radio books again and actually he came out with about 15 versions of his radio handbook <laughs> uh, everybody thinks that the awrl was is the only company that did handbooks uh, every year this guy went on to do about 15 editions of his radio handbook and he was actually the really the first person to to put out a handbook about amateur radio. So I've been lucky. I've, I've found two of his handbooks. Um, he died, and he got to... Most people born in the late 1800s didn't live that long. This guy actually ended up like living 70 or 80-some-odd years, which in those times was, you know, the, the 100 years now in, in, in our time. Oh, wow. And his handbook got kept going by um, one of his friends after he died. So, like I said, I think there's 15 or 16 versions of his handbook kicking around. And uh, I found a couple of his handbooks. Um, also found some of the old um, ore manuals, which are quite nice. Um, and, uh, like I said, the, the 1926 QSD was quite cool, though. So, so how does one contribute... Because I know there's a lot of listeners out there who say, I have a bunch of old QSTs I want to get rid of. Mm -hmm. How does one contribute to your ever-growing that you have to move every <laughs> six months museum <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> from one end of the country to the other? How does one contribute to this? Um, most of the stuff stays in the hamster, but I do bring, uh, I do bring some of the, the, the key stuff um, with me or whatever. Uh, anybody can contribute, always taking donations. Um, shipping is a little, uh, is probably uh, the hard part. So not so much magazines, but, but, uh, but books definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm good on QRZ. And um, when I'm up in New Hampshire, I'll, I'll, uh, to save on the shipping, I'd probably meet you halfway or, or uh, come you know, all the way to your place, depending on what you have. But at, at uh, Hamfest, of course, if anybody wants to conveniently leave something at my table, that would be that would be quite cool as well. So uh, here's a thought. That's pretty awesome. Oh, how about on your way back up to New Hampshire, <laughs> stop by my place. <laughs> I believe we've talked about doing that. I, 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 I got a bunch of stuff that could happen. I got a bunch of stuff I can I know give one you. thing he would really be interested in is that your old-fashioned tube tester. 
Oh my goodness! No, he he does books and magazines and stuff. He doesn't want no. I mean, just equipment. to look at it, just to see how old that is. It's, you it, know it, what I mean? Just to get a a, a, oh, a the good, a good oh, look scope at something tube, that's very tube old. Tester, yeah. Yeah, your tube tester. I did find I, I I am starting to collect old radios that don't work anymore, and I found a really neat one. Have you ever heard of the Emergency Beacon Corporation? Yes. Oh, wow. In the seventies, the they made amateur radio equipment. They only made it for about two or three years. They're actually still in business today, but they don't make amateur radio equipment at all. They made two models. They made an EBC one forty four, and they made an EBC one forty four Junior. The EBC one forty four retailed. <laughs> you guys ready for this? Mm. In nineteen seventy four, they sold a two meter base radio. For almost fifteen hundred dollars. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. The EBC Junior went for almost a thousand dollars. That is an uh, insane price. Uh, and yes, during I found that an point EBC time. Junior at a ham fest for ten dollars. I don't <laughs> care if it works. I haven't even tried it to see if it does work. But it was a two meter uh, base radio, and I'll tell you, it's beautiful. I also found oh, an old uh, Tempo S1 handheld, and Peter will get a kick out of this. I found an old Radio Shack Pro 13 four-channel <laughs> crystal-controlled scanner with a carrying oh, case. Oh, my God. Do a, little a hand, do little handheld jobby, right? Uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a little bigger than your average handheld. You mm -hmm. were able to, like, wear it on your, on your waist. Mm-hmm. And then if you if you didn't want to use it on your waist, it had like a little kickstand that would come out, and uh, it's a class, it runs on batteries or by the uh, car battery. And the fun part uh, about that, fun part about that is the key word in that whole uh, that whole paragraph crystal was controlled. crystal controlled. Uh, a little glass which, huh? which means you had to. Radio Shack at that time had a standard list of frequencies. Yes, I remember that they carried. Your basic police frequencies and, and, and sheriff's frequencies and stuff like that. If you wanted anything special, you'd write it down. You'd write it down for them, give them a couple of weeks, and they would produce the crystal for you. Yeah, which your father had gone and gotten several times because no, somehow he, he had, another your he hasn't he didn't go. I went and got it because my mother at the time. No, she was talking to me, man. Oh well, my mother at the time was <laughs> hooked up with OK Cab, and she wanted to hear the cabs come in. Yeah. So I had to go get the scanner frequency. Kenny Cameron, who owned OK Cab at the time, gave me the scanner frequency. Their, their transmit frequency. So I go and uh, had to make a crystal of that. All right. Time, time is fleeting here. I got a bunch of other stuff to talk to you. <laughs> it was a about. blast from I the past have, for you. So I still have 40 or 50 uh, crystals kicking around. So real quick, oh, wow. since, since we, we broached the uh, museum thing, real quick, because I want to get into some of the other projects you're doing, um, what prompted you to start a museum? Well, I'm one of those who wants to make sure that this hobby keeps going. Um, I don't have to tell you this. This is unfortunately a hobby that is going to slip away if we don't really do something to keep it going. Um, in New Hampshire, I'm probably one of the youngest members of the clubs that I'm in up there. Definitely when I come down here, I am by far the youngest. And... Um, 
I just want to do whatever I can to uh, keep the hobby going. I'm not great with working with other people. I do better with uh, <laughs> with objects. <laughs> so um, I made it a point to start um, books. Uh, when you're an ARRL member, you have access to every QST issue uh, online. But that's only the magazines, and that's only half of it. Uh, ARRL has been publishing books for umpteen million years now, and so have many other companies. And there's no way in our lifetime those are ever going to make it to being scanned. Um, there's, there's, there's an ARRL handbook every year since, I think, 1926 or whatever. So they've got a long way to go before they even get that, that part of it done. So I just made it a point to start buying every book that I, that I saw within normal price, of course. And uh, luckily, um, back to how great my wife is, luckily we have one huge, whore, uh, one huge porch where she never comes out and wants to be a part of. So <laughs> I have that for, for um, book collection part one, and then I have a shed outside, which is for book collection part two. And I've also started downloading um, every single thing I can that's a PDF of an amateur radio book, and a friend of mine gave me a, uh, a, a uh, hard drive of everything that he had. So I think all total I've probably got 15,000 or so uh, either books or PDFs or uh, stuff that's been copied uh, onto my hard drive. And now the biggest part of it is putting it into some kind of inventory database you know, type thing where... I'm not just sitting there going, yeah, I think I have that. It's going, oh, yeah, I definitely have that, which <laughs> uh, for someone who has brain trauma, that's probably going to take me a lifetime to do where it would have taken someone else, you know, a little bit quicker. But it keeps me out of trouble, that's for <laughs> sure. So I and could be doing much worse. And you're listening to Hamdan here on WTBR-FM. On yep. I'm not even going to try the last name because I always hack it. And I just don't want to hack it anymore. So on the phone is James N1PZP, who is in Brookville, Florida, wherever godforsaken place that is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> About 40 minutes north of Tampa. About 40 minutes north of Tampa. Oh, then nice. he comes up to this yep. godforsaken place called New England every six months. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I've got family roaming around somewhere in Tampa. Uh oh. Uh oh. This could be this could be another show in and of itself. Yeah, Freddie's, Freddie's down there. We have we have ten minutes. I know you have a couple of other projects. You have your Skywarnet that you do. You have a couple of Facebook pages for weather-related stuff that you do. We, you've got eight minutes. Um, <laughs> want to fill us in? Well, not, uh, not me. I already know, but you want to fill the listeners in? Yeah, thank you. Um, when the uh, New England Division Director elections came up this year, um, I decided I was going to be a very, very active part in it. Uh, again, keeping this hobby going, I wanted to see somebody uh, take over that I knew had the same uh, passion that I did. And uh, being a New Hampshire person, I know quite well about Fred. And I reached out to Fred and told him, uh, uh, Mr. Kemmer, 
that I would do pretty much anything I could to help him get elected and that I wanted to be a part of his uh, team once he got into place. Um, he rewarded me by reaching out to me and asking me if uh, if I would work with Marsha, KW1U, who I'm very close friends with, uh, about uh, addressing the New England traffic issue. And Marsha and I have jumped into that. Um, we started a Facebook page called the New England Traffic Handlers Facebook page. Uh, within about a month or so, we had over 100 members. And uh, everybody is able to post without authorization, and everybody's able to become a member of it without authorization. I don't see that changing either. There's, there hasn't been any, you know, <laughs> porno ads or any, uh, you know, come to Louis' uh, chicken house or whatever. So as long as uh, we, we, we keep a, a good control of ourselves, which I think we will, uh, and I haven't seen any members added yet that, that uh, aren't hands or whatever, so... I'd like to keep that open and just let people be able to, to, to join and add their own friends and everything. So people are allowed to post about their nets or if there's any questions that they have or whatever. And with 100 other like-minded people, uh, the possibility of getting an answer quite quickly is, is uh, pretty good. So Marsha and I do have some uh, upcoming uh, joint trainings or individual trainings. Uh, we want to get everybody... Um, as trained up as much as we can on traffic handling and of course the annual picnic and everything so um, I can't think of a better person to work with than Marsha here I I have something for you my wife just brought this up she's not only the news director but apparently she turned into a meteorologist since last week it hit today it's it it just hit on my breaking news breaking news how about another bloody doggone thing? This is the snow and everything just, that just they're going get, through. Don't editorialize. Just get to it. We're, we're rapidly Thurs- running out Thursday of time. Thursday night, another five to eight inches. <laughs> and Friday, during the during the day, another uh, snow uh, fest coming in for us. Snowfest 2022. That's what they're claiming. All right, we're on our way to Florida. <laughs> and even... Bigger than before. I can I can put my and show on hiatus for a while. Yep. Can I unplug her microphone? So maybe, I can push the maybe button. Maybe Phil is white. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe we'll find out that Phil came out white this morning. <laughs> maybe. All right. With, with a couple minutes we have left, left. Any other things you want to plug? The New England Wide Skywarn Net, of course, is every Thursday night at seven thirty. Uh, we use two different systems to access that. You can use the any DCN DMR system, or with prior authorization, you can use the K1 QVC Echolink node. Uh, we were, we're up. This will be our 20th edition this week. Uh, the last time I was on your show, we talked about this beginning. So we've we've come 20 issues. Uh, we have a we've had a wide variety of uh, topics, including everything from uh, what the difference is between a storm warning and a storm watch. Uh, Tim Watson from the National Weather Service stops by every once in a while and and tells us what's going on uh, from the Gray Main office. And uh, we have over 100 members on the Facebook page there. That's called the New England Wide Skywarn Net. And uh, we have some, we're, we're always trying to make the net better. So there might be some neat stuff coming down the pike. My fingers and toes are, are crossed there. So, uh <laughs> Thursday night, seventh. Unless there's an active emergency, which we uh, will obviously give way to the to the uh, 
uh, powers that be for that. We wouldn't want to try to run a net while there's a emergency conditions coming in. But uh, Kevin and one WSD has done a great job uh, helping me run that because I can't be there every Thursday. And I, I don't think anybody would want to listen to me every Thursday. Teamwork is a good thing. They have to listen to me twice a week. <laughs> All right, real quick. Know Your Berkshires was done Thursday. Jesse's the guest with her rabbit people. This is it's running yes, all this uh, month for on, the House Rabbit Society. Yes, TV channel thirteen oh one. Next month is pickleball. 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 Next month for Know Your Berkshires. That should be fun. She's really going to make me work on this one because we have four <laughs> guests and a lot of camera work to that's going to have to be done. <laughs> Good luck. I'm really earning my paycheck for yeah, this I've one. I've heard about pickleball. It sounds pretty interesting. Western Mass Traffic Net, which James is a part of. Yes. Monday through Friday. Now it might differ until I get my until <laughs> I get until I get my until I figure out why my power supply is going freaky on me all of a sudden. Uh, Monday Monday through Friday at six p.m. K one FFK and K one FFK R on Echolink. Heavy hitters traffic net, which I NCS on Monday, and James SCNs Wednesday, I believe. He'll correct me if I'm wrong yep. and slap me upside my head when he comes back here. And say, that was wrong. <laughs> um, uh, heavy hitters traffic net, ten p.m. Monday uh, Friday through. So Saturday through Friday on K1FFK, 146.91, K1FFK-R, N-E-W-E-N-G-2, on Echo Link. James, thanks for taking the time out of your 70-degree weather there in Florida <laughs> to be part of this show in 12-degree weather here in Western Massachusetts. Seven, seven. There's seven-degree weather. It's always fun having you on the show. A, a whole hour goes by quick oh, when I get you on the show. It's 23, uh, it's 23 degrees right now. It's 23 degrees. <laughs> so, James, thanks. Peter, keep fighting. Keep, keep fight. fighting. Don't let anybody stop you, buddy. You're doing a great job. Keep fighting. The great <laughs> fight. you need what Western Mass needs what you're again, doing. Again, so. like I tell everybody, I'm going to get you in the studio <laughs> at one point. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be a we got to plan it for when you come back up to New Hampshire. We got to get you into the studio. So we got to go. James, thanks for being here. Jesse, Thank you, sir. Darlene, Carol is always my director who keeps me on my toes because she'll shut my cameras off if I don't do what she tells me to do. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see y'all next week. Peace out, everyone. 7 3, people, take care.